Yo, yo, what's poppin'? This is your girl. I want to be her. You're tuned in to the Feedback Podcast. What up, everybody? It's back with the Feedback Podcast, where we talk about the Austin nightlife. And in this one, I talked to my good friend, Chris Proper from Proper Entertainment. And we talk about how we got started uh, in the promotion business uh, and artist management business also. Uh, the man's responsible for bringing some of the biggest acts to Austin. I mean, I'm talking uh, Talib Kweli, Method Man, Red Man, Outkast, and the list goes on and on. Uh, so we talk about all of that, you know, his old booking process. He has some great stories to tell about KRS-One, a really, really good one about most death that you have to listen to. And uh, he has some good advice for people uh, who want to get into the whole promotions game. And uh, we'll talk about some of the artists he's been working with and all that. So this is a good one. I always wanted to uh, have him on the show. And I'm glad he uh, took the time to come through and, uh, and talk to me about all of this. All right. Let's go. Live, welcome to the feedback podcast. My name is Back, and we always talk about everything nightlife in Austin, bartenders, DJs, promoters. And today I have the honor to talk to my friend Chris Proper. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me. No, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. I know you're all over the place, working hard. You're pretty much uh you've been doing this for how long now? The promotion with um, Proper? About five years. Five years? Almost, yeah. So I, I want to go back because uh, how were you? Were you? Uh, I know you're a big music lover. So, you, were you from Austin or where do you? Uh, born in Houston. Uh-huh. Um, lived there till about twelve. Then I moved to Hawaii. Oh, damn! Luckily, with my dad, and uh, lived there till I was about twenty-one. Then moved to Austin after that. So I've been in Austin since you know two thousand and two. Two thousand two. And you were, how was the scene back then? Like, what did you see that made you want to start doing promotion? I mean, it was, it was artists, cool. Yeah. There was a lot of artists coming through. I mean, it was, a, you know, always a big music town. And uh, wouldn't go out as much. I was working my butt off in the restaurant industry. And, um, you know, by the time I get off work, everything's already all closed up. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, there were some times I'd go out. And back then it was really just stubs and you know the music hall and the, you know the, they were getting all the big shows Stubbs always was rocking the, the shows that i wanted to go to like they'd be bringing in Ludacris or you know s- some of the big hip-hop acts and whatnot so so you're a big hip-hop head yeah i like hip-hop man conscious hip-hop is definitely uh you grew up with that or is that something that uh came later yeah i grew up with it from a young age i mean you know living in houston being eight nine ten listening to the radio Mm-hmm. You know, hearing all, all the good old the ghetto boys and all, all the good old Houston rap, man. I was you're was deep into that. Hmm? You're deep into all that. Yeah, from, dirty from south stuff. Early young age, and then you know, moving to Hawaii. At, you know, even at twelve and thirteen, tons of hip hop out there. Bone, really? You know, Bone Thugs came out. It was star. I mean, it was all the, yeah. You know, obviously Tupac and Biggie and all that stuff. So, uh-huh. I mean, that's since since real young, uh, I liked all that stuff. 
So when you when you came to Austin, did you get to know a bunch of local artists? Then you were like, yeah, I want to do something with this. So what was the well the after I after I got out of the restaurant business, I um, kind of just you know fooled around for a few years and just bounced around and helped different you know worked at different spots with different friends and finally decided I needed to do something with my life and like with different friends doing promotions or do, no, what, doing no, what? doing just doing odd jobs. Oh okay, you know. Doing odd jobs had nothing to do with the music industry, and mm-hmm. you know, and doing a bunch of traveling and stuff like that. And after a while, I just I realized that uh, I needed to settle down. I had a lot of connections in the music business. I have a lot of family in the in the music business. Oh, you know. I didn't know that. Um, How so in the family? Well, my I have a cousin that's uh, he's a voice coach and a concert pianist out mm-hmm. in, out in L.A. Uh, his name is Eddie. Um, you know, my dad is a musician. Um, both so, of my sisters are musicians. So, you know, just hobby, hobby stuff. Uh huh. So you you were um. So you already had you said you already had this connection. How did you make all those connections? Because I mean, today you're booking acts like Big Boy and Met the Man and Red Man and like big stuff. So how well, would you how did you get into those connections? Was it was it through your family or how no? Did it th- those are from just paying dues and and doing what I do, but. The family thing was no. I had some cousins really back in the day, in uh, 2007, I think it was. They mm-hmm. opened up that restaurant called Maria Maria's that was downtown. Right, right, on uh, Colorado. It's, yeah, it's no longer there, but um, when they did open, you know, it was a partnership with my my cousins, which is you know distant family, mm-hmm. and um, and Carlos Santana, and they flew, you know he flew in for the grand opening. My family invited me to come, you know, be a part of the their private dinner party in the back of like 14 people. And it was just Carlos Santana, my cousins, the, you know, the owners of the restaurant chain and, um, you know, the, the mayor and the chief of police. And it just, it was just like a nice party that, you know, was really exclusive. That was the first time I met Carlos Santana. And, and, you know, I was just thinking to myself, man, you know, you know, I need to, I need to get into the music business. You know, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm good at, you know, putting stuff together and, putting people together and you know mm-hmm. i'm going to all these concerts i was going to a lot of shows and a lot of festivals at this time just traveling a lot and uh decided to just do it so you um so how would you how would you approach all these big names i mean you, if it wasn't through your family you you were a hip-hop head you're you know music lover and all that so you've been going to all the shows probably the festivals too uh, i would assume right mm-hmm I just decided to, to come up with my own name and start my own company and um and just do my own show, do do my first show and just see how it went from there. So when was that? Like two thousand six, seven? That was uh, my first show. Was actually the end of two thousand eight, uh-huh. uh, and it was with my friends from Hawaii. That uh, band called Guidance, mm-hmm. a reggae group, and then uh, another artist that I managed for a while named Tavana, super talented artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually. Uh, convinced Stevano to move down to Austin for about a couple of years I think he moved here for and we did a bunch of stuff got him he played a bunch of gigs and got a nice fan base going down here in Texas and he eventually moved back to Hawaii and he's still doing his thing out there but uh that was my first show December 2008 at Flamingo Cantina mm-hmm. with Tavana and Guidance I flew them down and it was good it was a good turnout I charged 10 bucks I had I don't know 120 people paid Plus, you know, obviously a bunch of people that didn't pay, and then so it was it was a decent turnout. But how did I mean? 
anybody who wants to jump into that kind of business, you don't you don't just like jump into it. You have to have you have well, to know people. you have people. to have money and you have to be ready to to lose right. that money. Exactly. And I, I didn't have money, but I had a little bit and my friends were willing to come and play for free and as long as I just covered their expenses. So I just, you know, I I was able to find some cheap flights for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I was able to keep everything under a couple of grand. And I, I lost a little bit of money, but I didn't lose everything. I, I got a little bit, you know, it was more of a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought of it more of like, you know, I'm, if I go to college, I'm going to have to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, you know, dollars to learn. And they won't even really teach me what I need to learn to be what I'm going to be. Right. The best thing to do is just jump right in it. And if I lose a little bit here and there, immediately I'm going to be gaining connections and gaining knowledge right off the bat. Just So you had no, nobody showed you the ropes or anything? You just went... Just, Whatever makes sense to you, that's just what... Just went, yeah. I just basically would be watching how C3 and Transmission would do their shows. I'd go to a lot of their events, mm-hmm. and I'd just sit back and watch how they produce their shows. And and I tried to, like, make sure that I covered all of the major bases, you know, which is, you know, the production, the promotions, make mm-hmm. sure the artist was good. And, of course, made a lot of mistakes, and, and I still do, and I'm, I'm learning every day. I mean, that's... So your first your first gig was at Flamingo with your friend. Who was your big like big? Well, your right first after, big right names. after that January, I put together, right after I did that show. I was like, all right, this is cool. I, I made it happen. It was a good turnout. Everything worked out great. And um, I got a phone call out of the blue from a friend through a friend of a friend, and um, it was KRS One's people, and they wanted to. They were routing through. Uh, they were having a tour. They needed someone to do some Texas markets. I said, heck with it, I'll do Houston, Austin, Dallas. It was my first show. How, how did they find out? Do you know? Pardon? How did they find out about you? Um, I guess they called someone that was a promoter in town. I, I think it was through transmission or possibly not through transmission. It was through a friend that contacted me that I knew. Oh, okay. It was um, actually Hakeem Green of Channel Live contacted a friend of mine. Mm-hmm. And they contacted that friend of mine. They were friends. Yeah. They contacted me and brought it to the table and asked me if I wanted to do it. I said yes. All of a sudden, KRS-One personally called me. I was like, whoa, this is a trip. Yeah, no shit. I mean, I would... (laughs) KRS-One called me. I wouldn't know what to say for the first 10 seconds. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, you know, hi, how's it going? And then we just went right into it. He was like, yo, what's up? This is how we're going to do it. I need this much money. You got to cover this much you know this that and the other we, he just went right into the business i said cool let's do it i didn't know what i was doing but i wanted to do it and we did it and you know what was awesome is dallas was a good turnout houston was a good turnout and shoot austin was a great turnout we killed better, it better than dallas and houston man it was it, i did it at mohawk which i love it's one of my favorite club in town one of my favorite clubs for sure mm-hmm. and uh killed it great turnout i mean alex jones How's this? I'm in Houston doing the Houston show with KRS the night before. Uh-huh. And Alex Jones calls my cell phone. Alex the, Jones, the radio guy? The, yeah. the conspir- conspiracy yeah, exactly. guy? exactly. He calls me up. I'm like, <laughs> I get a weird number. I go, hello? And he goes, hey, is this Chris? And I was like... He's Alex Jones. <laughs> right away I go, yeah. And I, and I already recognize his voice. And he goes, hey, this is Alex Jones, such and such, such. He went right into who he was. And I go, yeah, I know who you are. I can I can recognize your voice. What's going on? And he goes... I need to talk to KRS One. Are, are you are you near him or around him? Or I, I need to put an interview. I want an interview with him tomorrow. I know you're bringing him to Austin, and I'm like, he, I go. KRS is actually sitting right next to me right now, 
And he goes, and I go, hold on real quick. I go, KRS, do you want to talk to Alex Jones? He goes, hell yeah, put me on the phone with him. So they <laughs> they started talking. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, we invited him to the show. He came to the show, you know, did a nice little interview afterwards. And, and he actually put that interview on his uh, video. The, the, it was, I think it was called The Obama Deception. Oh. Yeah, so that that came out and, and that whole... That whole interview and that whole clip that he that he interviewed him at uh, KRS One at Mohawk at my show was it's on that video. So you were already part of entertainment back when yeah. back then, right? Mm -hmm. So the name just blew up after that. No, I didn't get any credit for it. They just they really? it was more of just Alex Jones interviewing KRS One. No, I mean for the whole well that and then also bringing KRS One uh, to Texas. Mm -hmm. So once you once you did that, was your phone blowing up? And people asking well, you, you to book you know, stuff in Texas? That's, yeah, it, well, not blowing up, but it was more of like KRS-One enjoyed the experience, and he told his few friends, hey, hit up Chris Proper when you go through Texas. He's a good promoter. And then so I had other old-school hip-hop artists and agents hitting me up uh -huh. through that. And then also, of course, Mohawk and the other venues out of town were, you know, wanting me to bring more shows to them. Mm -hmm. So it, was, it inspired me to, to, to bring more shows to the table. Damn, I... That's a, that's dope, man. And then, I mean, you have to be really nervous throughout the whole process because this is your first big name, right? And you fly him, you, you fly him to Texas. I mean, he, he was touring. Sorry. Well, he, he actually touring. doesn't fly, so he drives everywhere. So he was in his RV. Really? Yep. Damn. So okay. So you drive to Texas. You put him in a hotel. That was all. That is is you. You know, every situation is different, but yeah, I mean, I think I remember back then he only needed one room because uh, he was staying in the RV, but they needed a room to shower and do all that kind of stuff. So, uh -huh. but yeah, I mean, it's you know, they they'd rather have le you know le least amount of those kinds of things and have more money, cash that they could put in their pocket. So right, you know, right, right, right. Instead of having five hotel rooms, he'd rather negotiate more money for him mm -hmm. instead of me spending all the money on rooms. You know. So, did you make any money for that show? Um, you know, I lost, I lost money in Houston because of a weird situation where he, he got lost on the way to the venue and, and showed up a lot really late. Mm -hmm. So I had to refund a bunch of customers monies, which, you know, is always a bummer, but he still showed up and still did his full two hour set. The venue was, you know, cool about it and they let him play till three, mm -hmm. you know, and people, a lot of people did stay, but I wound up losing money in Houston. Dallas was kind of a break even Austin made money to where though out of the whole thing. Um, you know, well, long story short, I also put some, no, give it long. That's fine. I, I also put some, uh, some lectures together. So he did a couple of lectures. He did one at, in, at this college in Dallas. He did one mm -hmm. at the, um, at this high school in Houston and also at this other Martin Luther King day program in Houston at the convention center there. Um, and we got, we got paid. We were supposed to be getting paid from all of these lectures. Mm hmm for him to do this and i what i did was i prepaid him and i worked through this lady i'm not going to mention names but basically it was another lesson i learned i didn't sign any contracts and i went ahead and prepaid krs because he gave it to me for a good deal mm -hmm. and we got a little bit extra money for the supposedly for the uh the lectures we were going to make a profit on it yeah for you know just for numbers let's say he charged me two thousand for the lectures we got three thousand for the lectures mm -hmm. so i was going to make a thousand bucks and i was going to split these thousand dollars with the lady that helped me set the lectures up. Gotcha. But the lady wound up becoming a scam. She took all the money 
and I'd already paid KRS, and I couldn't ask him for the money back. So I took a big loss oh. on that to where even with the shows making money or breaking even, at the end of it all, I wound up losing a little bit of money, but it was still okay because, like I said, I looked at it as a learning experience, mm-hmm. gained, yeah, of course. gained a lot of connections, Yep, and it did launch me into the next step and you know to where i was able to book more shows so when you say you put money it's your money mm-hmm. or you have yeah, people was, helping you out like investors and stuff like no, that no investors i never had an investor it's all it was all the money that i had saved wow working over the years that's impressive man so um after that after krs like you know he like you like you said, he said, Well, if you go to Texas, you know, make sure you highlight Chris Proper. Uh like what are some of the names that, that came after that? The big ones. You know, there was two short that came after that and then I think there was um they did some two live crew and I did uh Method Man, Red Man, Ghostface Killer was a really nice one that, that, that was that was my first show that I sold out, like pre sold out. The in, Ghostface in one? Advance. It was yeah, it was Method Man, Red Man. Ghostface Ghost Killer at Emos. Oh, at Emo, yeah, at the I old Emos. Yeah, back in on like, Sixth Street, uh, oh nine, uh, on Sixth and Red, Six Red River. Yeah, yeah, I was there, and it was it was so packed. I mean, it, I had people outside trying to throw hundred dollar bills just for me to walk them in, and I actually, you know, did a few. Yeah, of course, to, you got but, to. <laughs> but you know, it was it was pretty cool. That was a, it, three four days in advance. It sold out, a thousand paid, uh-huh. and um, then that show made some good money and. You know that that was good. That was a good show, and and then at that point, you know, other promoters that were that were trying to make a name for themselves, that were you know pretty much in the same league as where, where I was, or even bigger than me, mm-hmm. that liked what I was doing, were inviting me to collaborate and co-pro shows with them. So that was, you know, cool. I did a bunch of that with a bunch of different co- promoters in town. Yeah, you know, definitely. So, so do you see do you see the local scene here? I mean, for years, every week or every month, I'll see a new whatever entertainment pops up mm-hmm. and there's a lot of them i don't know I, I haven't really been keeping up lately but you know and <clears throat> is it you see as competition or is it more like hey we can actually get some good uh musical acts to come to our city and perform so we can all collaborate and make shit happen like how, how do you how do you see that i've never looked at anything as a competition i i i'm just a, wanting to add on to whatever is there you know mm-hmm and um yeah it's not it's not a competition at all i i just want to be a part of it all and mm-hmm. and and contribute to where, wherever whatever i can to make it a better scene but you're you're a one man i mean for the most part i know you've worked with other people before and you have someone you're working with right now but for the most part it's all you so how are you able to manage everything it's really overwhelming and and it's it's some it, it can get really you know, stressful at times, but it, for the most part, it's just you just got to keep on trucking. I mean, you know? you're doing it full time at this point. Oh yeah, I mean, it's all yeah. day, every day, nonstop emails and phone calls, and you know, contracts and offers, and you know, and then that, and that's just proper stuff. I mean, on top of that, I'm I manage. You know, I have a few artists that I manage. Especially one of them, especially is like keeps me really busy. So yeah, I mean, well, well, we'll get to uh, Mike Love. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little later what is um can you walk me through the booking process well actually let me ask you this first is it people calling you and saying hey i have an artist i want to i want to take him to texas uh you're the guy to talk to how do we do it or is it you going 
hey, I want to bring Common, you know, to Austin. It's both. It's both. It's primarily agents emailing and, and calling me, uh-huh. routing the artists through. And, you know, they're not just calling me. They're calling the other promoters in town, too. Yeah. And they're basically trying to get bids. Who who wants to make? They're, they're asking for offers, and they're trying to seek holds on what venues. You know, most agents know what venues they want their artists to play at. Already? Yeah. They already know, hey, I want my artists routing through Texas. I want them to play in Austin. I want them to play at Mohawk. You know, I want them to play at Trees or whatever in Dallas. I want them to play at Fitzgerald's or Warehouse Live in Houston. They, they already kind of have an idea of what size venue mm-hmm. would, would work and what kind of genre their artist, you know, what, what venue would work for their artist. Right. So they usually reach out to those venues. Um, I don't, the thing with me is I don't have a venue. You know, I'm I'm a outside promoter, independent promoter that just basically chooses whatever random venue that, first of all, that's available that yeah. ma- that makes sense for that artist. You know, you don't want to choose something that's too big right. or too small. You got to, cho- and it's really hard because it's really hard to predict. You know, what night of the week and how much what what, what people are going to pay for what tickets and mm-hmm. it's 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 really challenging trying to locate the right night, the right venue, charge the right price, and you know put it all together and hope that people actually pay and you make money or, or break even and keep the show going. So know? they ask you for your input and say, okay, well, let's say um, I want to bring Common, right? Mm-hmm. And they go, hey, uh, we'd like Common to come through and we want them to perform at uh, Emo's on Riverside. And then can you come back and say, well, maybe Emo's is not a good match. How about, you know, perform it at... I don't know, Empire. Well, see, usually the thing about Austin is in, in, in a situation like that, the Commons agent would typically reach out to first and foremost C3. Obviously, C3 is the boss. They run pretty much yeah. everything. And C3 gets first dibs, and they they have a lot of venues in town that they already, you know, talent by for. Mm-hmm. And so they would just immediately automatically put that show or, you know, Common, for example, they put common at Emo's East, but wouldn't even be a question. Right. You know, now let's say common isn't dealing with an agent that is um, exclusive with C3 or that is that, that reaches out to C3. Let's say he's dealing with a, an agent or a cousin of his or a friend of his that I may, I may know. Mm-hmm. Then I can reach out to them or they reach out to me, however it works. And I tell them, hey, you know, Emo's East is, might be a little too big for Common. He's not really doing anything right now. Mohawk's a little bit better size, or the Belmont, mm-hmm. or you know Antones, or something in that seven or eight hundred cap range. You know, and and it, the thing is, it's it's all about how much money they want. If they want a certain amount, they're going to go with a bigger promoter. You know, so is, I didn't know there's a hierarchy of they go through a C three transmission, then who's third. Well, I mean, it's not really like that, but it it kind of might be. Yeah, know, I mean, that, that, for, that's what I'm getting from what you're telling me. Uh, for I'm, certain, for certain agents, absolutely. There's definitely a priority, and and there's a lot of politics. Yeah, definitely. But yeah. there's a lot of agency. The big agents that want their artists to blow up, they want them to play the, all the festivals. And so, if C3 is throwing a lot of these festivals, they want them to be on. So uh-huh. when they come through these markets, yeah, they work with the more the most established uh, promoter and. Clearly, C3 is the most established promoter in Austin. Right. You know, and then when you go outside and to Houston and Dallas, you know, in these other markets, you've got AEG and Live Nation. Mm-hmm. 
but C3 is, you know, running right alongside of them and even running circles around them in certain departments. So, I mean, it's it's really amazing to see a small mom and pop, you know, shop right here in in Austin, right here in our backyard, mm-hmm. killing the game and running running with the biggest in the world. You know, that's it's it's great for me to be learning from them and also it's a challenge because it's not it's not making my job easier. Right. And, you're, it, uh, and again, you're only one man. C three has a whole team, and exactly, right. So let, let's go back to the, the 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 booking process. So either they contact you, or you contact them. Like you have, you already have your network of people that if you wanted to bring someone, you could just you know who to talk to immediately, pretty much. Sure. I mean, you know, typically you'd want to go through an agency, the talent agent. Every most legitimate artists have an agent that represents them mm-hmm. that you want to deal all the negotiating and contracts and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, unconventionally, you know, you can hit people. If you have a relationship with the artist directly, you can contact them directly or their manager. And you've been able to do that many times, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, you know, the old school. What was, what was, I mean, it says politics. If you deal with the artist directly, then just dealing with an agency, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's pros and cons. I mean, if sometimes you deal with the artist directly and things aren't done as professionally and they're not showing up on time or they didn't do the contract properly or, you know, there's a lot of, there could be a lot of um, mistakes mm-hmm. by just, or, you know, things that come unprofessional when you deal with those kind of pe- people. And uh, usually when you deal with an agency, they eliminate a lot of those problems because they, you know, they go by the book. Right. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I, again, the, I didn't know that there was this, like, I know C3 runs a lot of shit. Transmission, same thing. And for you to be able to pull off what you pull off, you know, it's pretty impressive, man. I got to say. I wouldn't know where to start. If I were to jump into this business, I wouldn't know where to start. I know people, I can't just call freaking Method Man and say, hey, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to come through Texas real quick uh, for a show. Um You know, it costs money, I mean. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I think that's the number one driver pretty much, right? And they don't, they're not doing any favors anymore is what I'm saying. You know, not not on that level. Now, when you want to just do a show like that. Now, there, there are artists that I have made fr- close friends with that during certain occasions, I can get them to do certain things for me. And, of course, there's no charge. You know, yeah. they scratch, we scratch each other's backs. That's just how it works, you know. Uh, so, with... One thing I wanted to bring up is that, um, with you know, Austin is booming. It's been booming for the past five years or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, has it become easier or harder to book uh, to book artists? Have you seen Have you seen anything change in the in the booking business, or it's still the same, pretty much the same process? With more people coming to Austin every day, um, that really doesn't you know bother me. It doesn't. One way or the other. No? There's just more people to come to shows, I guess? You know, I mean, I don't know if these people, more people are coming to shows or not, but there's a lot of stuff for them to do, that's for sure. There's there's all, there's always, an over, you know, there's so many events in Austin, it's not even funny. Every, so, every day. So many what? Events. Oh, yeah. That's all, I mean, that's, that's, that's all that Austin's, it's got so many events. I mean, you'll never run out of things to do here. So. Yeah, that's all. Like, every, I've noticed every weekend is a festival now. That's what I'm saying. So it's it, it sometimes it's a drag. You know, I, I get discouraged and I'm going, why don't I want to throw an event right now during this weekend? It's just going to get drowned out with all these other events. Right. But you just sometimes you just got to do it. 
you know. And you might pull off some crazy show. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's true that, um, yeah, that this, there's just so much going on. And people, I hear people bitch about, hey, the, you know, I'm trying to go out, but it's the same shit. But every week there's got to there's gotta be at least like three or four events going on that kind of set themselves apart from just going to a bar on the weekend. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and we, we need people like you to bring out some of those special, uh, special events. And uh, yeah, this is this is pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Um, so, what is it that sets besides the fact that it's just you? What sets you apart from the other ones, from the other promotion companies? You think? Well, you know, I, I don't really try to go after every single show, like you know. Those other you know, promoters, I believe, they try to go after as many shows as they can, which is great. I mean, that's that's a great accomplishment. They're they're kicking some butt. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I'm really I try to be more picky and choosy on who I bring, and and even more lately, I've been trying to veer towards um, more conscious artists and pe- you know artists that have some substance and and actually some real talent, not pop artists and not just pe- things that you hear on the radio. And is that a, that's a personal thing? That you're like, hey, I, I don't listen to, or I don't, I don't like the stuff that's on the radio. So I'm gonna. I mean, there's stuff on the radio that I do like, but I mean, I don't really even listen to the radio much. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I'm just trying to spread awareness and and, you know, bring a different vibe to the table. Mm-hmm. Um. So I, give, give me, give me a name of an artist that you'd like to book that you haven't yet. That I haven't yet. Yeah. That I'd like to book. Um. Hmm, it's a good question. I mean, I know. Uh, I've got <laughs> there's there's probably several artists, and I've probably got a list of them in my phone right now. So, um, let's see. Hip hop or non hip hop doesn't matter. You know, um, I've pretty much. Yeah, I mean, no. There's 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 this group called Nako Bear, Nako Medicine for the People. Is the guy's name is Nako Bear. Uh-huh. And uh, they came through Austin once. They were supporting, um, I think, Soja. They played at Stubbs a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And they're really good. You know, I, I don't know what to say about what else to say about them, but except that they're they're making some moves. They're blowing up right now, touring all over. So how how do you pick them? Do you go, um, okay, this one's, this one's too popular. Uh, this one, something that you would listen to personally, like in your car or whatever that, that you have on your iPod. Do you do research? Trying to find out who are some of the bands that peop that you think people should know about, or like what's your what's your? It's a combination, man, of really of, of all kinds of stuff. Uh huh. But yeah. in the end, you're trying to sh- you're trying to showcase. You're trying to, I don't want to say educate, but um, you're trying to bring something new and refreshing to Austin that people don't don't see every day. Yeah, white I mean, festivals, even at festivals. Yeah, there's there's a lot of artists that I'll bring that that come through all the time that are just you know good favorite favorites you know people like to see the Talib Qualies and the Method Man Redmans and stuff like that. Right, so, right, I mean, right. Those are ones that that don't get old. The relics, you know. Right. You can bring them once a year and they'll always pack the house because people know it's consistent. They always kill it. They mm-hmm. always bring a good high energy show, and it's good. People get their money's worth and then some. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And um and and it's always old school fans and new fans will come to those shows. Um, I'll, it'll never get old. Met the man, a red man show. <laughs> never, I've seen it like two or three times. 
it'll never get old for me. Exactly. So, I mean, I like to bring those shows, but then also, yeah, in between shows like that, I like to bring shows that wouldn't typically be coming through, you know, so maybe some Pacific Islander, Pacific Mm -hmm. Island reggae or, um, you know, different conscious music like, you know, Mike Love and stuff like that. So, you know. So was it mostly hip hop at first and then you kind of shifted towards reggae and yeah you know growing up in hawaii you got a lot of reggae influence for me so i mean i I love all sorts of reggae Mm -hmm. um but every every year i i I get you know we all get more mature hopefully i mean that's the the mission but yeah you know and we learn and we change and we go through different different uh scenes and whatnot so you know my music has has been changing a lot lately you know my mind's been definitely you meditate and all that stuff? Opened. <laughs> you know, I try to meditate, but it's just so hard with some there's always so much distractions, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you actually like, you know, you have um whatever you have on your iPod, you know, or you go the stuff you, on my iPod. You is go to old. Pandora. Yeah, but I mean how how would you discover something new and then be able to make moves to bring that artist down here? New, I mean, for me, you know, you usually get turned on to new stuff on all the news feeds from social media really like everyone's like hey dude check this out or someone will send me something yeah they'll eat i'll get emailed or someone will drop something in my box on this or that i mean there's there's constantly you see youtube you, you know obviously youtube you're mm-hmm. gonna find a lot of new stuff um that's where really where i find a lot of my a lot of stuff and then also going i, I go to so many shows that's where i really do a lot of my research is i'll go to coachella I'll go to Bonnaroo, I'll go to Lollapalooza, I'll go to all these huge festivals mm-hmm. and spend the time during the day checking out all the names I've never heard of or even names I've been hearing around going, man, I keep hearing this name, I keep seeing this name, let me go actually see them live, not just hearing them on the radio or watching them on a YouTube video. Right. Let's go see their live show and see how that, how that hits me. Right. And I'll know right off the bat, right when I go to see it, okay, these guys are rocking, I would definitely book them. Uh-huh. Or, man, you know what? I wasn't feeling it. I probably wouldn't waste time or money booking these guys. I mean, right away, I can just hear them for two, three songs. Mm-hmm. So I don't, have to, I don't even have to hear their whole set. Right. So that's, you know, that's what I like to do. I like, that's where I usually find all my new music is going to the festivals, seeing it live in the flesh, mm-hmm. getting the big speakers and getting, get, you know, getting that, that experience. That experience. Right. And then also feeling the crowd reaction, seeing how they're reacting to you know what kind of energy they're giving giving and getting you know what i mean uh-huh so do you get you get to go you're invited to those things and you get to go backstage or you just go as you and just have fun and then uh most of the time i'm invited yeah i mean you know or, or i i invite myself and like hey i'm chris proper hey, you know yeah i'm coming <laughs> and hey, you know make i always make sure that something somehow some way i'll be able to get taken care of and get the credential that i need to make, be able to go where i need to go oh Nice, because you know, it's not you know. Yeah, that's this. It has its perks, man. <laughs> I'm not really going. Like majority of the people that are really going to the festival are going to party and and drink and and do drugs and do all these things and 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 you know and and also listen to the music and have a good time and go shopping and check out the vendors and whatever. But majority of these people are really going to just relax, take a load off. They're off for the weekend. They go. They want to go and just hang out with friends and drink mm-hmm. and go party. And that's not really what I'm doing. I'm not gonna go. I'm not drinking. I don't drink. I'm not going to party. I'm. I'm. I'm on this. I'm in the scene. I'm on. I'm. I'm in the business. Right. I'm going to network. I'm going to observe, take notes. You know. I'm going to basically work, 
but it, have a little fun at the same time too, you know. Have you ever been uh, starstruck meeting some of these people? Because I'm, I'm sure some of those people you're, I mean, you were listening to growing up, and you're like, holy shit, I just met Big Boy, and you were Outcast fan, you know. Honestly, I mean, you know, you're before you meet them in person, you probably just the thinking about the, you know, the the anticipation and the build up is always more a little more exciting, mm-hmm. and then once you see them in person and you go meet them. For me, I've never really been starstruck. It's more of like a, oh, okay, cool. They're they're just one of us. It's not even a big deal. Once you figure that out from the get go, uh-huh. from then on out, no matter who you meet, you know, nobody's more important than anyone else. Everyone's we all bleed. We all we're all human beings. We all need to respect each other, and I and I believe everyone's got talents. And just because one person has is recognized more for their talent more than someone else, mm-hmm. I don't think that they should be put on any kind of pedestal. You know, I like taking pictures and hanging out and getting to know them or talking to them and getting them, you know, having them get to know me because, you know, for whatever reasons, it's it's I like to do that and network and really get that FaceTime in with people. But I mean, you know, thinking that they're any better than anyone else or that they deserve anything, any privilege, anyone else is just it's it's foolish because it's we're all the same and we all need to respect each other in that aspect. Right. But you, you would think that. Uh, you probably heard Zilli's story with Quali, his experience with Quali. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in a way, it's like, yeah, you look up to this person, you listen to the music, you really, you relate, you're enjoyed and everything, then you meet them. And some might be big-headed or like, look, I'm a, I'm a star and I have time to talk to you. And you're just trying to, you know, be nice and not trying to be, you don't want to be that guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What I mean? What I, what I mean? That guy, sure, the guy comes up and hey, I want to like take a picture, kind of just floating around and all that stuff. So, um, I think at some point it's bound to happen that you know someone that you're really looking forward to meeting or wor- even working with, you know, just well, I never set my high, I never set my hopes high. I never think high. Like I said, I never, I never think of someone that I haven't met yet. Oh, they're perfect and. I can't wait to meet them because they're they're my inspiration, whatever, whatever. And then I meet them, uh-huh. and then they let my they let me down because I'm like, oh, this guy's a douchebag. I've never had that happen, and I and I'll, I'll never set myself up that way because I automatically go into it thinking that probably. <laughs> I mean, you know, I already go into it probably already underestimating this, not underestimating, but thinking that you know, it's just a regular. They're they're not perfect. They're they're probably. They may throw me a little attitude. I gotta, I gotta expect that they're all, you know, they're right. They're on this. They're doing their thing, and they, they are who they are. They have their fans, mm-hmm. they have their ego, they have whatever they have, and I need to respect that. Uh-huh. And so, if there is a little bit of attitude or a little pompousness or whatever they, they want to throw, I don't let it offend me ever. And that mm-hmm. happens all the time. Yeah, that happens all the time. They'll throw, oh, you can't, you know, oh, don't, you know, no, I'm busy. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's on you. you. I know who I am, and I know what I'm doing. In fact, I ain't got time for you. I got to do my shit. You know? <laughs> so, is it, does it go straight into business? Or are you trying to trying to get personal? Like, what what's the what's the approach? Um, I mean, a little bit of both. I mean, a funny thing is, once you once you meet enough people, and once you've done business with enough people, uh-huh. this industry is pretty small to where we all have mutual friends now. So, I'll see someone that I may never have met before. All I've got to do is go up to them and be like, and I and I know that they're really close with someone that I'm close with. Mm-hmm. I'll just mention, hey, you know so-and-so, your cousin or whatever it is. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, well, me and them are super tight. And I'll, that really right there right off the bat, that, you know, they 
they consider me family and vice versa and then we we become friends we hit it off and everyone's comfortable with each other and you know it, it's it's one of those things like oh you know so and so well shoot i grew up with them that's if you know them and your family with them then you're my family too you know you know what i mean yeah that's kind of like the vibe and that's where that's what i like to do if i see someone that i'm like okay i definitely know we have mutual friends i'm gonna go and make friends with that person yeah because I, f- I found it really uh hard sometimes to even when you go to a meet and greet or I don't know. I, don't, I never know if it, if it's better to meet someone before the show when they're trying to get you know ready for it, or after the show when they get off, they're tired. That's they the want, thing. It's it's really it's hard, it, it's you hard can to never tell. It, you can never plan it because it's always different. It you know you never want to. You really want to have good timing. You never want to like overstep the boundaries, but at the right. same time, you don't want to miss the opportunity either. You want to make sure if it happens, if it has to happen before, mm-hmm. if it has to happen after, whatever it has to do. Just make sure you got to get it done. You right. Know? And if it doesn't happen, who cares? There's always going to be next time. That's another thing. I'll be with someone that I really, uh, that, that inspires me, that I really appreciate and want to get to know. And uh-huh. <clears throat> that the opportunity may not arise for me to go and get to know them or us to meet. And it's like, you know what? No big deal. I'll see them at the next festival or I'll see, they'll probably, Austin, that's the cool thing about Austin is no matter what, once or twice a year, maybe even more or maybe or even if it's less mm-hmm. no matter what they're going to come through austin whether it's south by for the film or or interactive or music mm-hmm. or if it's for acl or if it's for the f1 or something there's so many events here that we see so many artists and so and celebrities and actors and all the people that are really the shakers and movers mm-hmm. in the industry come through austin so i'm not worried about it you know just doing your thing. You just so, gotta you gotta wait until it comes around. Man, your network has got to be huge. Any do you deal with labels or record execs or anybody? Is pretty much agencies and the artists. Yeah, you just deal with the agents, the talent agents. You know. Okay. And the management. So and I mean that's crazy. Nobody prepared you to you know for anything. You just kind of hey, this is what makes sense to me, and you know you're you're a good guy. You're approachable. There's nothing. You're the least threatening guy I ever met. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you have the you have the what's it called the personality, and I think you, you really you really get uh, you pick the right job. I would say not that you need my approval, but this is this is uh, this totally fits you. Um, what are what advice would you give someone who's trying to get into this kind of this line of business? That doesn't have a network because, I mean, at this point, you know a bunch of people. You can say, hey, you know so-and-so, I know so-and-so. But if someone were to jump into it, what would you tell them? I don't know because I'm still learning myself. I'm still trying to tell myself what to do because I don't even know. I'm still learning, man. I really I'm, – I'm, I'm the last person that you'd want to learn from in this, in this business. I don't think so. But, I mean, I'm, and, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I've, I've been real naive. I jumped into this business very naive thinking that, you know, that really that the music business was based around music and it really isn't. Yeah. It's, it's really based around alcohol and, and really and, no money. Well, money made from alcohol, but okay. at the end of the day, the money is, if you look at it, what's the most thing that you see advertised liquor and alcohol, Budweiser, mm-hmm. you know, liquor, it's all about liquor sponsors and alcohol sponsors and Budweiser presents and Coors presents. It's all, it's all alcohol, beer, liquor and beer. So, you know, for me, I don't have a bar. I don't own a, a club. 
mm-hmm. you know i don't make money off the bar so it's it's really hard and risky for me to to do shows because if the if if tickets don't sell i'm losing a lot of money mm-hmm. so i'm trying to figure out a way to i'm trying to start a new movement and you know a lot of people might not like it not a, a lot of people might not support it you know i might lose a lot of so-called friends and acquaintances but um you know i'm trying to start a whole movement of music that doesn't involve alcohol or at least spreads the awareness that alcohol is not not good you know it's it's really a poison i mean i see all these people my own friends and my own family mm-hmm. and my own acquaintances posting all these man another person just died because of a drunk driver and another night we see it all the time not 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 every day but all day every day mm-hmm. you know all day every day we hear about people dying and killing others because of alcohol it's a poison we know soda and cigarettes and gum and candies and all these other we know that there's other things that are bad for you you know but they don't affect you like alcohol does because alcohol affects everyone around you so when you drink and drive or when you drink and do anything, it screws up a lot of stuff. So instead of people going and saying, come on, guys, stop drinking and driving. You're killing people. Why don't we wake the F up and stop drinking and stop spreading that whole drinking is the shit to do. Drinking is the cool thing to do. Let's celebrate by drinking. No, let's not celebrate by poisoning yourself. Let's celebrate by not drinking. Let's celebrate by having a good time sober. It's way cooler time. Trust me. I'm cool as shit, and I do all the coolest shit in the world. And you know what? I don't drink. I don't need any alcohol to help me drink or to help me do all these things. In fact, I have the best time in the world doing these things, not drinking. When I used to drink, I used to drink. Mm-hmm. And when I did, man, I can t- I, I, had, I had fun, and it's, it gives you a buzz and all that. But at the end of the day, there's things you don't remember. There's relationships that you ruin because you you said something you shouldn't have. There's attitudes that get thrown. It makes you just it makes you the person that you're not. It throws you into a whole different dimension that you're not really truly supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And it's a distraction that's sold to us. It's legal. That's the other bad thing about it. it's like it's not only is it so bad for you, but it's so legal and they push it so much onto our youth and to everybody. That that's my opinion. No, I think alcohol is horrible, and I'm 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 trying to spread the truth about alcohol. It kills. It's killing all my family and friends. I'm tired of hearing yeah, stories. I mean, so, about so, drinking and driving. So so am I. I mean, with all the stuff that happened, uh, rest in peace, Kelly. You know, from uh, ATX Hipster. If you guys don't know, um, ATX Hipster. It was the Twitter handle, and they're pretty much aggregating a bunch of information and putting it out there for everybody in the community. I didn't know the guy personally, but I knew what it, you know, I knew what I was following it takes hipsters for years. That's the thing though, it doesn't matter anything that happens to any one of us yeah. around the world that affects everybody and it's 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 it, I'm tired of it. I'm done. It's done. I'm 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 tired of hearing all of my family and friends. We, we don't have to meet him. He's if he was our family. Uh, no, exactly. Exactly, yeah. but you know, yeah, it, 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 it hurts. It's, it's, a, it, it's a hard battle. What I'm saying, it's 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 a hard battle and and thank thank you for fighting it. It's it's not a everything it, it, it's gotten to a point where everything you do socially involves alcohol at this point. Anything you do socially. Yep. If you don't say, hey, we have drink specials or, hey, we have uh, open bar drinks out by Southwest, shit like that. That's another thing for me as a promoter. You know, most people can throw free shows sponsored by this, sponsored by that. And it's mm-hmm. like, okay, all you got to do is RSVP and now you can go see all these big names mm-hmm. for free if you RSVP to it because – 
a liquor, you know, sponsor took care of it. And it's, I, I can't, you know, and I've, and I've got, I've had liquor sponsors on previous shows before when I was still living in that, in those days and, and unaware of certain things. But now that I'm more, more awake and more, um, realizing some, some things in my own life, um, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from all that. And I'm, and I'm not seeking liquor sponsors and beer sponsors and trying to get that, you know, and unfortunately all the bars and all the clubs that I have to throw my shows at, that's what they're doing. Their, their, their main mission that night is how much money can we make at the bar? That's not my mission. My mission isn't how much money can we make at the bar tonight? Mm-hmm. I don't have that. I don't want that. That's not my mission. My mission is how many people can I turn on to this awesome music? How many people can I bring so this artist feels like he's got a lot of fans here in Austin? You know, how many, how, how, how can I really build this music about the music, not about the alcohol? You feel me? Yeah, yeah. I see what, I see what you're like saying. A hidden, it's like this hidden agenda and everyone's sleeping. You know why? Because they're drinking. The drinking keeps you in that sleep mode. When you stop drinking, that's when you can start thinking a little clearer and realize they've got us tricked. You know what I'm saying? And once you realize that they've got us tricked, then you don't go drink and support the drinking. Then those corporations start falling. Then the people start taking back over. But right now, we're all slaves. So concretely, concretely, what are you doing through proper to move forward with that? Are you uh... trying to bring artists that that spread that same message and and have the you know the conscious message and mm-hmm. you know and and you never see me promoting alcohol on my flyers. I mean, I never put sponsored by mm-hmm. you know this that and the other right so i actually then let's switch over to the artist's uh management what, did that come much later is that or is it something you always wanted to do and it wasn't the right time for it or what, um, what was it that made you want to hey i'm gonna manage this guy well i'm really blessed and 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 i the fact that i grew up with some really talented artists and mm-hmm. um, went to high school and middle school with some super talented artists and and i've as we grew up and as I started my music business and I've been watching them grow in their careers, you know, it's one of those things I'm going, Oh, these guys are killing it. They're making some moves. They don't have a manager. I'm over here trying to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Let me try to see if I can help them and in any kind of way to help get them to the next level where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of, kind of happened. So that that was from the beginning or did that happen from the beginning? Yeah, that was right from the beginning, right when I opened up, right when I, you know, thought of the company name and, and started all that. Um, is basically right when I I, I had approached Tavana was the first artist that oh, I yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, and that's then, right. Uh, and, and now then, you now who you have? You have Zav Tavana. Uh, well, we're we're still really close friends, and and I help him where I can, but I'm I'm not his official manager. I'm just kind of like whatever time I can get him a gig here and there, mm-hmm. um, and I'll and I'll always help him. He's you know. So right now you have, but Mike Lo- uh, Mike Love is is uh, is my full time mm-hmm. gig for sure. He's uh, an amazing artist, and uh, for the from the looks of it, I'm, I'll probably be managing him for the rest of my life. Really? Because he's you know I'm, I've that I've already made the choice to go that direction and uh, made the commitment to. I've dedicated. I've dedicated. I'll, I'll dedicate whatever I can. Mm-hmm. to him and his career i believe in him that much and i believe that what he's doing he's changing the world right now like his lyrics and his message and his energy and his his um his songs man it's it's, it's incredible and seeing the people that see him for the first and hear him for the first time mm-hmm. what the impact 
how yes, it has. Yes, I was going to ask you, like, did people respond to what he's saying? Absolutely incredible. So you're able to bring him up to what? I mean, he's done South by, I'm sure. Yeah, he's done South by twice for twice. the last two years. Yep. And then any touring, any other other cities or yeah, well, speaking of white, he's got uh, a wife and four kids, so he he's got the touring is not as uh, not as long as we 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 need to go to mm-hmm. to you know do what most touring artists do, which is you know they go for months at a time. We do usually like the small two and a half, three week tours. Yeah. Um, you know we've got we've got some coming up that are going to be more like the month long tours. So you know. It's growing, but yes, we're definitely doing doing some West Coast. We've done some West Coast and some some Central tours, and we got some nice festivals planned out for the year. And wait, so you juggling artist management and booking booking shows? Mm-hmm. Dude, I don't know. I don't know how you sleep. Yeah, I don't either. I really don't. I really don't get to sleep much, actually. Shit, one man operation. I don't know how you do it. Um, well, luckily I got Efren on the team. He's without him, I wouldn't be able to do nearly anything. <laughs> he's, he's he's amazing. So, uh, do you have any uh, stories of like an artist that you wanted and he just totally, you know, didn't work out? Or I mean, I know you're still learning, like you said, but um, anything that um, you know, there was a time actually a couple years back. Um, you don't have to drop names you don't want to. I had a birthday. Well, I had a birthday coming up, and I wanted to do a show for my birthday, and uh, it was going to be my first show at Emo's East, actually, and that was kind of a big venue, and right, you know, and and the artist was going to be Nas. I he was on tour with Lauren Hill, and I noticed it was it was months out. You know, it was four, three, four, five months before this ever even happened. You know, that's usually when you book a show is anywhere from four to six months, sometimes even longer, eight months, nine months out, sometimes. Right, and. I noticed that he was touring with Lauren Hill and they, they had a Dallas and Houston date and then they had a day off in between. It was like a Friday night or whatever or a Thursday night or something like that. So you do the research all the time to see what Yeah, I was, I was doing some research and I, and I just so happened to notice that they had a day off on my, what was, I think it was on my birthday. Uh-huh. Um, yep, it was on my birthday. They had a day off and they were in the state and I didn't want to do... I mean, I, I would have it would have been great to have Lauren Hill too, but it would I I just you know it would have been a really expensive show, and mm-hmm. I knew that just doing Nas at Emo's East would have been perfect. It would have sold out. It would have been great. It would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. So I I I had approached uh, and I you know I I had already had worked with Nas's agent, and so we had already had a relationship established. I I reached out to him, and um, almost made it happen. It was gonna happen. Um, another promoter kind of got involved. Now, now I won't mention names, but another promoter got involved. They wanted to do the show, mm-hmm. um, and then they knew that I was involved. I reached out to that promoter, saying, "Hey, step aside, please. This is my birthday show. You know, any other show you can do whatever you want on any other show. Just this one. Let me have this one." Um, they didn't want to play, you know, ball with me, so it kind of made it difficult. Um, made the situation a little difficult. So basically, at this point. I was just about to like call it quits on the whole Nas thing, and I said, you know what? Don't worry about that. If if it's gonna if you want to do it like that, that's fine. And I at that point I was thinking, you know what? I'm gonna just find another artist. I still have that date. I still have the venue on hold. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do something. I'm still gonna do a birthday show. So what I did was I reached out to Most Def's camp, Yasin Bay now. Yeah. And um, 
they were available and I was going to, he basically was, that was the show. And I announced the show and everything like that. And a couple days before the show, Hurricane Sandy, was it the one in New York? Was it Hurricane Sandy or Katrina? Was it? Uh, Yeah, it was uh, Hurricane Sandy, right? Yeah. Hurricane Sandy happened. Everyone got stuck in New York. He couldn't make the flight out um, that week. So I had to reschedule and push the show back a few days. Yes, which I remember during, that. Yeah, and it was a Saturday night during Fun 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 Fest. Right. Yes. That's the one. Uh, Rise Against the Storm opened. Yeah, I had uh, Riders Against, and I had... Um, crew 5-4, I think, went up to... And he was, wearing, he was wearing all white, right? Yep. Yeah, that's the show. Yeah, I, put, yeah, I remember that. I think I had Kid and a few other... It, I, I really put a nice lineup together. It was a great birthday show. I think even Bavu... I had Bavu yeah, open up. that's right. That's right. Man, who, who better in town, right? To no have, shit. You got to have Bavu Blakes. Ba- <laughs> it, I love it's Bob a no-brainer. Bob. You got most of oh, Bravo Blakes. It's like perfect. What a perfect compliment of the show. He did a great job, as usual. Um, so yeah, it was a good show. All in all, it was a great. I know turnout. it was for your birthday. Yeah, and it, you know it was. It wound up landing a couple days after the yeah, birthday, yeah, but yeah. it was still the whole vibe. And then that night was the night I met Most Def, and we instantly became really good friends. And I did him a huge favor afterwards, and uh, and from then we became you know really tight and. You know, went and I've been seeing them wherever wherever they play. I, I'll sometimes I'll be there and go check them out in different parts of the of the states. Did you, did you get to talk to them or like call these artists? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to make a real long story short, that's that night after the show, three in the morning. He's looking for a ride to Houston because his one of his baby mamas is about to have a baby. Like oh. literally, she was giving birth right then during that show. So he was looking for a ride. I volunteered to give him the ride. It was the foggiest night ever, and I've driven through everything you can think of. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm surprised I'm still alive today, but I've driven through so much crap, and, I, and I'm sitting here driving from 3 o'clock in the morning to 5.30 in the morning to, to get him to Houston so he can be there for his baby's birth. And literally, as I'm rolling up to the hotel, they already she was, she was giving birth in the hotel room with the midwife. I mean, they weren't even, oh. they were, they were right by the hospital. They were right there in the medical center uh-huh. by the Methodist, but they didn't want to go to the hospital. She wanted to have it in the room. As I'm pulling him up into the lobby, he's running up to the stair, uh, up to the elevators, gets into the room. And as he opens the door to the room, she's popping the baby out. Like she was waiting for him. <laughs> so he like, owed. he was like, I owe you my life. I can't believe you did that for me. You got me down there. Because, you know, he wasn't going to be able to find a ride that late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he basically, yeah, he took my number down. And he came back to Austin, I think, a couple weeks later. Called me up. Took me out to eat to a very, you know, to a very nice restaurant. And, you know, really showed a lot of appreciation for what I did for him. And, yeah, it was it was awesome. And then I, I've got, I got calls from pretty much every, like... I'd say about five or six people in his family. His brother called me, mm-hmm. you know, um, his manager called me, uh, his DJ called me, like th- four, five, six people in his family and in his camp called me telling me that that was like a huge thing I did and they all owe me and all this stuff. So I, I didn't even really do anything. I just gave him a damn ride to Houston. But, you know, for the fact that it was what it was for, he he feels like he owes me. So that was cool. That was a great relationship oh, to build. <laughs> So what was what was it to ride with most deaf for oh, three it was, hours? It was it was dope. I mean, he's is it like the, on the Chappelle show, just freaking just freestyling the whole thing? You know, I mean, it, it <laughs> at definitely, three in the morning after a whole show. You know, we were talking about all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know, we were talking about 
you know, the Middle East. We were talking about, you know, what he's going to be doing and projects he's working on with Manny Fresh. And Oh, yeah, they came back at, at Holy Mountain. Uh, yeah, a few show. months later, they, they, they right. did that South By thing, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, they, he's, you know, he was actually talking to me about he wanted to move to Austin, and he came back again mm-hmm. with his kid. And um, I picked him up, him and his kid, at the skate park and took him around and showed him a bunch of different neighborhoods. For the, to, They were looking at some neighborhoods to look at. He wanted to buy a house out here because he was living in Houston, and he wanted to move from Houston to here. He was going to get a house in Houston. He's pretty much all over the place. I mean, he's, yeah. you know, he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But he's cool, man. I learned a lot from him. He's a good dude. And, you know, it, it was great uh, building that friendship with him and knowing that, you know, he'll never forget who I am for the rest of his life. So Yeah, of course. Wow. I, I, <laughs> that's crazy. That is fucking crazy. Damn. Hold on. Let me soak it in again. All right, done. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's people like that. and And the thing is, because you're, you know, with all the people that that uh, you work with, and you be able to put on good shows and good relationship, good relationships, you know, now you can just do anything, pretty much. I mean, if there's an if there's an artist out there you don't you can't get, chances are, I mean, not that you can't get, but you want, chances are you can probably get them, right? You know, to a certain extent. I mean, no, it's- but if it fits. You're yeah, if it's if you know that's how it is with really with anything in life. I mean, if if you if there's something you want and you put your mind to it, you can make it happen, man. It really, really can. Even the most impossible things, like I can, I'll never be able to book Eminem or or Outkast. They're so huge. That's a million dollar band. I'll never be able to. But that's a C three show. Mm-hmm. You know what? If I really put my mind on it, I'm probably you know whether it's in a year or five years from now, if that's what I wanted to do and and that opportunity arised, I'm sure I could make it happen. You know, you just got to put your mind to it and, and go for it. Did you did you uh, uh, did you collaborate on any of the big festivals? No. The ACLs, the nope. no fun 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 I, fest. I wish. You. I would love to be a part of all those festivals, but you know, I'm I'm just kind of sitting back watching and learning. Mm-hmm. You know, hopefully put on, and that you know, not hopefully, but that's what I'm that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm striving for is to to eventually get to the point where I can put on a nice festival to that capacity but more of more on an organic level not not as corporate not have it sponsored by all these big um alcohol sponsors and whatnot more have it more like a woodstock vibe where right it's more for the people more for the music you know what i mean are you are you um i mean some some of the names you book most of them are international or national are you as uh into the local scene as much oh yeah i mean I always try to involve the right locals to open up for whatever shows that I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, definitely need to, I have been lacking on the local love as, as just putting local shows together. That's something I want to try to do more. Right. I wish I had uh, more people to do that with, you know, that people that want to bring ideas to the table and, and collaborate and, and just put together cool local shows at different venues mm-hmm. throughout, you know, different parts of the month. Right. Um, funk and jazz and hip hop and reggae and R and B and soul and blues and mm-hmm. rock, you know, all, all the different genres that make sense and just bring it all together. Yeah. Like, I, like, like I was telling, um, my last show, I had Eric white on the show. 
Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Austin has a lot of talent, especially with other people coming here too from all over the country. Uh, there's a lot of people, you know, who can actually, you know, bring something to the table, whether they're just starting a band or uh, they just opening out of the garage and they're looking for, you know, some of the, you know, bigger, um, bigger venues, more exposure and everything. And a lot of times some of those big festivals can totally overshadow them and they don't get to, you know, to shine, mm-hmm. which, which kind of sucks because when you have that many people in Austin, you know, you would think that, hey, we want to support the local scene, you know, and then the big name comes through and then everybody goes to the big name. Yep. But uh, we definitely want to, um, I mean, one thing I'm trying to do, and like you said, you're uh, uh, going to work more towards that, is trying to get more of the local people, uh, you know, their chance to, to get up there. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean. They need support. We all got to support the locals. But, you know, there's some locals that aren't that good, you know. Yeah, that's true, too. That's true, too. I mean, you got you got to pick them. That's what I'm saying. It's, you know, it's, there's uh, some locals that are getting, that, that, that are just starting and that, that are going to get better. And, I mean, every everyone hopefully gets better as they, you know, as mm-hmm. they grow and get more time goes by and get more seasoned. But, you know, there's a lot of people that are trying to make it. There's a lot of bands. There's a lot of artists that are struggling. Oh yeah, and um, this is Austin. <laughs> you know, all over the world, but you know, especially here in Austin, it's it's overwhelming. Everyone's everyone's stepping on everyone to get to the next level, and that's just not really. Yeah, you know, it needs to be more of a click, more of a family vibe to where we everyone helps each other out, supports each other. You know, you've got four thousand likes on Facebook. Well, you got a friend that has one thousand. We'll help him out. Help him get more likes. Same thing, vice versa. Help you know. We should all be helping each other out instead of trying to get all the shine for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, but but you're seeing that it's getting to where, um, you know, people are not helping each other out. Yeah, and a lot of those aren't even organic. It's a lot of paid stuff, and mm-hmm. everyone's falling in the traps and stuff. It's like, we you know we really need to, you know, go back to the old school days, man. Yeah, go to go to a show and then introduce yourself, say hi. You know, don't just come and leave or even as an artist like eric was saying don't do a show and just take off you know Mm -hmm. get to know the people say what's up people appreciate you more and uh as an artist and as an individual so uh don't think you're higher and high and mighty and all that so you gotta help each other out all right we've been talking for an over an hour now word (laughs) so it's time for a little game it's not that crazy. Just little random ass questions. Ready? Shoot. All right. What is the new name for Town Lake? And it's not called Town Lake anymore. Really? Yeah. I have no clue. I've been out. I've been out of. <laughs> I've been out of touch, man. Uh, Lady Bird Lake. Yep. Word. I mean, that's this made sense because that's it's like its nickname. So, uh, so now it's called Lady Bird Lake. Yeah. Trippy. It's not even a lake. I don't know what they call it a lake anyway. It's like a little river. Yeah. Nobody said it's a Colorado that that goes through Austin. It's not a anyway. Semantics. Um how many people move to Austin each day? Fifty, a hundred, a hundred and fifty, or two hundred? Close e- to two hundred. Hundred and eighty something. You sure? Yeah. I think it's what what is what is it? Two one fifty? Yeah. It's one fifty move in. 
and 40 people move out. So the net is about 110. That's crazy, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you're off on a Friday That's night, what the books say. Well, it's statistics and stuff, but, you know. But it's true, man. There's cranes everywhere. You see it. Mm-hmm. it we, we're getting up there. Oh, Sin is the number one city to live and and hook up and jobs and quality of life and weather. So people. Traffic. Oh, fuck traffic, man. Now they're just now trying to accommodate for other people moving here, and it's a freaking mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're off on a Friday or Saturday night, where do you usually go? Where, where would you go if you go out? Oh, if I go out? Yeah. When you go out, where do you, where do you go? I mean, I usually just don't go out to go out. If I'm going out, it's to go see something that I you know, know that's going to be in town. Is it a concert? Is it a DJ? Yeah, usually it would be a concert, either something that I would have saw on Do Five One Two, and be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, so and so is at ACL Live tonight," or "So and so is at Stubbs," mm-hmm. or "Such and such is at Mohawk." I'll go to one of the live music venues, probably more live music than uh, a regular club or bar, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't drink, so bars aren't really yeah. my thing. Okay. Uh, now I have a question about uh, an episode. Of the feedback, but I don't think you listened to it. <laughs> but it took a while, I guess. Uh, did a show with uh, DJ QD and uh, you know Robert uh, Vasquez, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Randy used to work th- the door at um, this uh, bar downtown. And what is it? It's on Six and San Jacinto. Wait, San Jacinto. Yes. What was that bar? How long ago? Uh, about five, six years ago. Aces Lounge? No. Six and No, six. no, sorry. The next, what's the next block? The Dueling Pianos? Uh-uh. Uh, Maggie Mays? Uh-uh. On the other side of the street? One block up. Iron Cactus. What's next to that? Uh, it used the Ritz. To- it used to be a bar. Now it's uh, now it's a movie theater. Yes, that's it, it. Used to be the pool. People go play pool there and stuff. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. Back in the day, he worked. The, he worked the door there, and there was a ride going on. He had to defend the door by himself. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's our show. You have any plugs, shout outs, anything you got going on? No, you know, Mike Law is probably doing a bunch of stuff. So uh, plug away, you my know, friend. Mike. Well, go ahead. No, go ahead. Plug away. Sure, this is your your time to tell people, tell the masses what yeah, you got. Yeah, go check out Mike Love Music, uh, MikeLoveMusic.com, um, Mike Love Hawaii, Mike Love 808. Anything with proper coming up? Um, my stuff is ProperEntertainment.com, ProperEntertainment.com, mm-hmm. Proper underscore ENT for the handles, Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... We got Stephen Marley coming up at Mohawk next month. We got a few other reggae shows. In fact, I'm going to get uh, Mike Love's going to pop up next month too in Austin for a quick little, quick little headline show. We haven't announced that yet, but I don't know when this is being dropped. But uh, on the Thursday, so oh, exclusive. We'll we'll drop. We'll we're going to drop the Mike Love show today on Thursday. Today's Thursday. It's getting <laughs> announced. Check Proper Entertainment's Facebook and Twitter. We will show you 
Mike Love's going to be playing at a cool venue here in Austin, Texas. It's worth the 10 bucks. You got to come check him out. He'll change your life. He's changing the world. Yeah, I got to say, I, I went through his uh, SoundCloud and I listened to a bunch of his uh, songs. It's really conscious reggae, man. Yeah, you know, he's one of those artists where you can hear his stuff and it, it's really awesome um, YouTubes and really awesome SoundClouds and all that. But he's one of those artists when you when you see him live, it's nothing but goosebumps and, and jaw dropping the whole time. You're just like, oh, my God, this guy's freaking amazing. So. Oh, there you go, guys. Now, you know, it's, so. the, it's dropping on Thursday. Yeah, we're, we'll we'll announce on Thursday. We'll announce today, and and you know, if you want to if you want to follow me or check me personally out, um, it's Chris underscore Proper, or just Chris Proper on Facebook. But uh, yeah, my company's Proper underscore Ent. Check is Proper out. your last name? Even sure. <laughs> okay, it, it is, is Chris Proper. He was born Christopher Proper That's Junior me. the the second. Yep. <laughs> Lift Proper, right? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, on my end. Go vegan. Yeah. And stop drinking. Stop drinking, man. <laughs> Y'all got to wake up. <laughs> All right. Let's see what's going on. Uh, Thursday, uh, Vinyl League at Vinyl Room. I've been talking about Vinyl Room a lot because I really like that, that spot. Do you, have you been there yet? Vinyl Room? Yeah. Where's that at? On 7th? Uh, six, between 6th and 7th on Trinity. What fuel used to be? Mm-hmm. You, I, you know, I haven't been there yet, um, but I've heard about it. I want to check it out. Yeah, it's a nice little joint. Uh, so, Vinyl League is playing uh, at Vinyl Room on Thursday. DJ Hexum, Mad Coins, eighty six AQ, hard to pronounce. So, a lot of up tempo trap music, hip hop, all that good stuff. So that's twenty one and up. No cover. Then Friday is the return of Body Rock with. Riders Against the Storm mm. and Chorizo Funk. Uh, Riders Against the Storm, just fresh from their performance with uh, George Clinton on Monday. Yeah, sold out last night, huh? Yeah. A couple nights ago, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy, crazy. So they're doing a Native Tongues edition mm-hmm. on Friday. So all the Trap Quest, De La Soul, Jungle Brothers, all of that stuff. So don't miss nice. out. So that's going on Friday at the Hair Lounge, five bucks on the east side of Weberville. Go check that out. And if you're downtown, uh, there's the Odd First uh, Party After presented by Spray ATX, which is a bunch of street artists, a collective of street artists and muralists in Austin. There's going to be a bunch of art over at at, uh, Chicago House. Uh, And then After Party with Donnie D and Dig at Vinyl Room. So that's going on Friday. Let's see what's Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. First of the month, smoke out with Subculture Patriots and DOS DOS. Our friend DOS is uh, uh, releasing his uh, album, Obey the Raw. So that's going on at Flamingo Cantina, 9 o'clock. Uh, special guest, D Madness, D Madness Project. D. Yes. Talented, boy. Yeah, talented guy, talented band. Man. I love those guys. Uh, so that's five bucks at Flamingo. Go support local artists. Subculture Patriots are doing some great stuff. Uh, so go check that out. Uh, Sunday is the Cinco de Mayo block party, Second Street between Guadalupe and San Antonio. So a lot of Latin music. We have Chicken George, Chorizo Funk. They're gonna have some mariachi band. Uh, uh, Miguel Yulovai will be there taking pictures. So that's all friends and family. No cover, of course, because on the street. And then this weekend is Pecan Street Festival. You guys already know. Every year it nice. seems like it's every it's like it's every three months. Well, it's, I think they do it it's every six months. Yeah, twice every a year. Six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, 
So yeah, Pecan Street Festival, if you've never been, it's pretty cool. Uh, take your kids, take your aunt, take your weekend? grandma. Yeah, this weekend. Word. Saturday and Sunday. All over 6th Street, so a bunch of music, a lot of food, and uh, local Well, you'll see art. me and my crew out there passing out flyers for the Stephen Marley show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah look look for a dude with a with a beanie on and a big if beard. If you see me personally, you, come you, holler at me, and I will give you a free ticket to the show. One oh. free ticket to the show. I'm giving out one free ticket on one. Saturday. One? And one free ticket on Sunday. If you see me either one of those days, you can't be the same person. Uh-huh. But I'll give away one ticket each day. All right. But I can't be giving away too many of these tickets because it's it's a hot show and it's selling. It's selling Stephen Marley, guys. Yeah, it's Mohawk. Stephen Marley. Friday night, May twenty third. All right, and then Monday, of course, Motown on Mondays at Vinyl Room, DJ Dig, Chorizo, and uh, there's the Secret de Marley Festival with all Latin lineup at Lucky Lounge with uh, Eric White, Keith Corona, J King, Addison Zeno. And a bunch of other artists. So that's uh, no cover, all of that. So go check it out, guys. Support your local artists. Support your DJs. Have fun. Stay safe out there because uh, people are crazy when they drink. So definitely be careful. Catch a ride. Catch a cab. Don't drink and drive or don't drink at all. Just go out and, like, have a good time and not drink and watch the difference. Watch if you just went out and not drank and told all your friends not to drink, and everyone just went out and not drank. Watch how watch how crazy watch how crazy all the all the drink prices are going to go down, and all that. Like, watch the huge difference that we can impact this world by just not drinking one or two nights. And you, you'll save money. And honestly, and your if health. you're so if if you if you're sober in a bar, it's fun to watch other people all fucked up. The yeah, people and, watching and that'll is remind so much you funny. and show you that you don't want to be one of those drunk dumbasses. <laughs> You'll be like, damn, that's what everyone looks like. I don't want to look like that person. This was a public service announcement. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys, that's all I got. Uh, don't forget, share the show, uh, comment, let, let me know what you think. I always, I need feedback, uh, see how I'm doing. This is episode number 20. So uh, I got a lot more coming up, a great guest coming up all month of May, all month of June. So let me know what you think. You can subscribe on iTunes. Uh, you can email me at podcast at feedback.com. Feedback B-A-K, of course, because my name is a brand, just like this man's name is a brand now. And uh, that's it. Anything else? That's it. It's a wrap. All right. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate you for coming. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me, man. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. Ciao. Peace.